Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Get ready for the new Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. You will enjoy yourself. Holy shit. We got Miles Alexander Teller. God, and I didn't know you. Did you Google my middle name before yes, this? I did. Okay, great. What's your middle name? Kevin. Oh. <laughs> 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 was that weird? You weren't expecting that. No, no. <laughs> what were you expecting? Like Ralphie? <laughs> Just uh, Jeremy. Yeah, so something, something with, um, you know, like Legion and Lord and. You know, oh. uh, something very weighty. Sir Daniel <laughs> Leviathan <laughs> Fogler. <laughs> no, I, um, my parents, I guess they wanted me to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. They like the, the middle initial K. And they like the sound of DK Fogler. <laughs> DK Fogler? That sounds like a game for PlayStation. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. YK, that's like Kelly, my wife's family. It's it's very similar where it's like, mm. you know, you know, it's like Kelly and then Katie and Christy and Kevin. And then her family's friends, it's like the same thing. They're like, oh, the Kennedys, Caitlin, Kelsey, Connor, Kyle. I'm just like, what? I've never understood. Huh. It's one thing to pass along, I guess, like a middle name or something like that. But when families do all names, we just love, we just love right. the K sound or we just, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I got, I got nephews who are Jared, Joshua and Jakey. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's, it's strange. I know. I always thought it was an interesting quirk. That's our, that's our, you know version of it we've just run out of ways to kind of pass down you know lineage where i feel like it used to be a, a little more structured kind of setting to it all do you want to know what your name means i do that for everybody i like go and i figure out the like the poetry of the name now how what how i mean of course yes i do i feel like it's very english is this more of like a yeah kind of ancestry thing okay yeah like in, well yeah, yeah. it's me, more like like let the, me know it's like the meaning of your name, and then it kind of makes its own little haiku, and then sometimes oh, cool. it really adds up to like who the person is. Okay. And yours really does, I think. Okay. Where like, now? Where are you? I'm just going on the internet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are I mean, you pay, are you paying for this service? Not at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I I uh, 
I just, you know, it's use just my own. one guy who gets requests, and then it's not even like the internet. He just it takes a while Anybody to get the results because he thinks about the name and then he types up a fucking haiku, and there you go. No, 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 no. It, okay. Each each name has its own meaning, you okay. know. So um, obviously, your name just on the surface has a meaning. Miles Teller, you know, Miles obviously in in English is you know a, a distance, you know, okay. and you are a teller. Originally, the last name, my last name was Talitsky. No way! Yeah, so it comes from, like, All Eastern right. European... No, still, we'll still go with this one. Okay. But it's Eastern European Jew, and then they chopped it to, to tell it. But I have to look up Talitsky. I don't even know how to fucking spell it. That's all right. I, this was pre-ancestor DNA. We had, you know, there's there's always, like, a cousin or an uncle who gets really into it and then, you know, pays a... Uh, was it a genealogist? So was it shortened in, like, Ellis Island? Yes. Yeah. I love it. Okay, we'll see what comes up there. So first I'll do your, you know, your your current name. Miles Allen. What's your current name? <laughs> <laughs> name you've been using. Uh, using uh, <laughs> your family has been. Your AKA. <laughs> Miles Alexander Teller. Okay, so Miles means soldier. Mm. All right. Miles is a is a male name from the Latin Miles, meaning a soldier. A medieval knight was called Miles in medieval Latin. While in so that's probably the first time they saw that name used. Is is what I'm getting. That's the first time that we kind of had like referenced Miles as a as a as a as a name as a yeah I guess so. first name. Okay. Yeah. Calling for infantry. Bring in the miles. <laughs> How many miles is? And now we got Alexander. You know what that means? It means defender of men. <laughs> okay. So easy, easy <laughs> a running senior. men. So instead of oh, okay. women, and so if you have a bunch of miles around, it's not it's not women and children first. It's bring me your men, attack the men. <laughs> what about the women? Fuck the women and children. <laughs> I'm here to protect the men. I'm an Alexander. I come from a long line of Alexander Mileses. We're soldier men protectors. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You could say that, or I think you could say like mankind, maybe. I don't know, humankind. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be nicer. Protective uh, men. Okay, so teller. Teller is an occupational name from Old French. Teller means weaver. Mm. All right. I also somebody also told me in in German it means plate, but I have no German in my. Oh. Like I said, it was just one of those things where came into Ellis Island as Talitsky, and they're like, no fucking way. It's way too long. No one's got time for that. Right. Tell her. Tell her. Work in a bank, man. Yeah. Because it was trades, right? It was, that's that's where a lot of her last names, you know, came from. Right. You'd think that it would just be yeah. a teller in a bank. Smith, blacksmith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fogler. Fogler, yeah. <laughs> so when I came to, when my, my people came to Ellis Island, they had the Austrian Austrian accent, mm. so they, it was Vogler, but they said Fugler, mm. and they're like, "Okay, you're Fogler." Mm. But I'm just happy if anyone even just gets it right, because they just fucking say Fogler. Oh, jeez, Folgers. I feel if I was looking at your your name, I don't. I, yeah, I think I'd probably lean into Fogler just because Fogler, Fogler mm. sounds um 
It sounds, it sounds demeaning. <laughs> it does? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Maybe because it, to me it sounds like fondler. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're touching me bobbies. <laughs> You're touching me bobbies. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. You're touching me bobbies. Um, so you are Miles Teller. Miles Teller is the soldier weaver. Mm, of men. Yes, just men. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I feel like... Where's the haiku part of it? Well, here it is. It's the, um, you are soldier defender of men, Weaver. Mm. Soldier defender of men, <laughs> Weaver. <laughs> Mine. I'm a Weaver. Because I feel like this is how I interpret it. Yeah, for sure. Those are kind of stories that you like to tell. Weave, right? You like to tell these stories where you're you're a soldier. Basically, you get your ass beat and you keep on coming back for more, right? That these are the yeah, kind of those stories. Are, those are stories I do. Uh, it's like Rocky. enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, I'm underdog. I enjoy kind of find myself rooted, even in, you know, just in life. You know, I think when I was growing up, there was uh, I rarely ever got in fights, but when I did, it was because somebody was picking on. Right. You know, like. One of my buddies was somebody that was small. I just always hated, like, cruelty and, and that type of thing to me. Just always, ah, just find it fucking disgusting. So you're like a bully's bully. Um, I mean. <laughs> That's what I no, was. No, no, I, I, if I, I saw just, someone beating up on one of my friends. Yeah. I get in there and. You know, it's like a weird drama, you know, and it was later on. I was like drama club, you know, and all this other stuff. But that's kind of, yeah, this collection of, everybody always thought it was weird that it's like, oh, Miles played baseball and he you know plays sports but then he's like in right. drama club and he's hanging out with you know all the kids stuff and i'm in fucking band and it, it's like people i think people just it frustrates them when they can't label you or put you in a box or, or that type of thing um which especially in this business everybody likes to do it's just so funny how people think they fucking know you from the little bits of information that we even want to get out there because for, for me it's like every time i've ever done like a profile piece or something. That's why I really don't do anymore. Cause every time I've read one about me, I'm like, this doesn't even sound like me to me. So why would I ever want people to read this feeling like they're getting to know me when I feel like it's just so mis, you know, representative and uh, of who I am and now anymore. I'm like, well, give it to me in a podcast with somebody that I'm, you know, I'm friends with or put it on camera because when these journalists sit with you so for two hours you, and then yeah. they can edit it and do whatever the fuck they want with it. They don't have to say what they said. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And then um, and then they put it in this piece, like, get to know Miles. It's like, you sat with me for two hours, you insisted on drinking, and then you just totally changed all this shit. Like it's bull it's borderline, like should be like criminal, illegal what these, you know, some of these people do, but Yeah, yeah, no, they make up their own stories. I mean, I, as a weaver of men soldiers, <laughs> yeah. I find it highly disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so can I analyze you for a second? I mean, it's your podcast, yeah. Thank you. I feel like, can we talk about your car crash? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I feel like it all stems from that. You got your ass beat and you walked away from it. And now you want to tell stories about that. Let's tell my audience about the, the car crash yeah. that you were in. When you were how old? How, is, how, how, how big is the audience? I'm just wondering how... How I should present this. They're gigantic. Okay. All right. Okay. Nice. They're all giants. I mean, there's three of them, but they're they're just really tall. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 
like that. <laughs> yeah. All your fans are over 75. Yeah, at That's least. Just a fact. That's how we do it. <laughs> I feel like mine are more weebly. Yeah. I have way more, but they are tiny. People look, see, <laughs> what I think what happens is that people don't expect you to be as tall as you are. Well, that's true. Well, also, I think for a lot of people, first of all, it's like when you see somebody on camera, you really don't know how tall they are. And also, I think I got introduced maybe to more people when, um, <clears throat> you know, after like I did a whiplash, that's the, that's how Damien Giselle shot it too. First of all, I'm sitting down for most of that fucking right, movie right. as drummers are. And then JK, who I'm much bigger than, he never wanted to shoot us. He would never shoot us, you know, right. kind of like on even ground next to each other, two shot type of thing. You always need needed this kind of menacing. And also I'm admiring him and, you know, kind of, I mean, so, so that's that. Okay, so but you can tell your audience now, I'm 7'6". Six. He's 7'6". Six. That's, I only interview giants. So, so hold on. Okay, let's let, let's talk about the the car crash for a second. However, you want to tell it. Yeah, I sure. find it. I think it's fascinating. Sure. Yeah, I was twenty years old. Uh, my friends and I we had went to a music festival in Bridgeport. It was called Gathering of the Vibes. Yeah, so I was a sophomore in college. It was the summer after sophomore year. Went to this music festival. You know, had a lot of fun as you do at festival like that. With a bunch of grateful, you know, Bob Weir and Levon Helm and and uh, you know all those guys. So anyway, so then we stayed at my aunt's house in New Jersey for a couple days afterwards. That was our way of kind of detoxing and just making sure we didn't do anything stupid, even though we're 20, you know, whatever. And so we hang out there for a couple days and then we're like, all right, we're driving home from New Jersey to Florida. It's me, uh, another friend and, and uh, one of my one of my best friends and uh, my buddy Derek drives the first couple hours. And then it was this this other guy's turn. And we're on I-95. If anybody's driven on I-95, I think the speed limit is like 75 for most of it. So I think it was probably about that. I think we were going like 80. And my buddy who was driving went to switch lanes and just lost control. There was a car in his blind spot. He overcorrected. We, I'm in the front seat. Don't have my seatbelt on. My buddy's sleeping in the back seat, but he's about to wake up in a very real way. And so my, uh, this guy loses control. We go across three lanes of traffic back across three lanes of traffic. Um, the whole thing is starts moving in, in slow motion, legitimate slow motion. And we're com- now we're coming into the grass median that separates, um, you know, north and south. And it kind of dips down. I would say it's probably, it's pretty wide. I would say it's probably about maybe a hundred feet or so wide, but right, but now we're coming in very fast, probably going 80, losing control, going into this ditch and right before we were about to flip, I had this very clear realization that people die in situations like this. Not that my life flashed before my eyes, but I just, everything slowed down. I had the very clear thought, people die in situations like this. Holy shit. Car apparently, so, so I black out. Like, as soon as I saw the grass like coming at the windshield, Ooh. I blacked out. Uh, apparently the car flipped, I think six or seven times. It was a 97 Toyota Corolla and um, it was so then the car landed straight up i flew out the passenger side window i'm i'm kind of like out of the picture because i've blacked out but my buddies tell me car landed straight up they kind of come to they're freaking out they just got an accident and then my buddy in the back seat's like where the fuck's miles because i was sitting in the front now i'm not and the other guy's like still in shock basically and Derek, my buddy Derek, he's like where the fuck is miles and he, they get out of the car and they see me and I'm just unconscious, covered in blood. 
Ugh. laying down about five feet from oncoming traffic. I'm, I'm in the grass medium, but barely. And um, so my about 40 feet away from the car. And then my buddy comes up to me. 40 feet. Yeah. Yeah. And then my buddy comes up to me. I'm like, hey, man, what happened? Because <laughs> I was in shock. I was like, you know. Oh, you said what's happened. Yeah, literally. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what, what happened? What happened? And he goes, we just got in a car accident. And I still wasn't putting two and two together. I was like, oh, fuck. In my head, I was like, my mom's going to be so pissed I wrecked my car. That's what I was thinking, literally. And I tried to sit up. And the look on his face freaked me out and put me right back to reality. He said, Miles, don't sit up. You're hurt really fucking bad. And um, oh my god! And then it all hit me. I, I, I'm like, oh my god! I've been ejected from a vehicle. Um, at the time, I couldn't feel my legs, and oh. I, I thought I was paralyzed, and that was overwhelming to me. And so then I, I guess I blacked out again, oh my god. and I woke up in the hospital. But as I'm blacking, as I just blacked out, my buddy, the way he told told me. He like, he runs over to me and he said, I was non-responsive and I was just coughing up so much blood because I slipped my lip over my tongue really bad. So I'm just like coughing up blood, coughing up blood. And he, I mean, it's one of my best friends and he's literally holding me saying out loud, like, please don't die. Please don't fucking die. Don't fucking die, Miles. Oh. And, um, yeah, and then I woke up in the hospital. It was like a movie, you know, it's like I, my, the, the lights came on, opened my eyes and this doctor is just like stitching on my face and, you know, two of my buddies are sitting behind him. But uh, yeah, the EMT said 99.9% of the time they get a call where somebody's been ejected from a car that flips going that rate of speed, dead or paralyzed, like 99.9% of the time. So and I got fucking lucky, dude. I got like two pebbles in my face. I, I broke my wrist and that was about it. And then like three weeks later, I was back at fucking NYU in New York, which is the best and worst place to be for something like that. Cause I'd just be like sitting outside, like just drinking a coffee. And somebody be like, yo, what the fuck happened to your face, bro? You fucking fall off your skateboard. And I was like, ah. I started having to come up with stories. I just, you don't have time to Mauled by get a tiger. into it. Yeah, yeah, no, my mom's like, dude, you're an actor. Like, you use it, you know, yeah. talk about I'm like, I don't know, whatever. People People ride riding my motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, drive my motorcycle. <laughs> Pick up your mom, bitch. Oh, fuck that. Same that place with Mark Hamill. So he's still. <laughs> so, so hold on. So, I mean, that's insane, man. But you survived that. And was it, you don't, there's no moment where you, you said there's no moment where your life flashed before your eyes. You just kept blacking out and. Yeah, I mean, it was it was wild, and I've read a ton of stories about, um, you know, basically your brain blacks out because you can't compute what's actually happening. It doesn't seem like real life. Your brain can't fucking handle it, and it shuts off. Um, and also there's stories about, you know, when you're in those situations, the reason, because people talk about it, everything slows, slows down. down. And that's, and they've done a good amount of studies on that. And I've read, you know, stories with soldiers talking about where they've been in firefights and you are so hyper aware of everything going on. You're in a fucking gunfight. Yeah. Soldiers have talked about literally being able to like see a bullet and wasn't on any substances and everything happened in slow motion. We didn't scream when we lost control. It was me and my buddy going, whoa. Wow. Yeah. But I just had the clear thought. I was like, holy shit, dude, we're about to fucking, we're coming into this grass really fast. <laughs> and like, people die in situations like this. That's, a, that's, that's what yeah. I thought. 
Um, okay, that happens. Can we, can we stop for a second? Sure. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can laugh about it now, but honestly, like, me and my buddy, we could not fucking talk about it for a while. And then I remember we were getting oh. stoned, like, I don't know. No, I just remember like asking a summer you. or two later, and we just... It turned into like we were able to laugh about it, you know what I mean, and that was so cathartic. And, yeah, 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 yeah. You've told that story before, right? I mean, people know about that. Yeah, I've to- yeah, I've, I've told it. Not, I haven't told it in this format. I've told it, you know, if I've sat down with a journalist or something right. and, and okay. something like that. Well, tell yeah. me if anyone's made this correlation. I mean, I, 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 who knows? But I feel like yes, they have. Yeah, the whiplash. Oh, no, I'm dirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. The whiplash car crash. I people have brought up. I've actually gotten in a good amount of car crashes in uh, a lot of movies. Even Rabbit Hole, my first movie, is about I play a character who kills this, a small child with his car accidentally. In the movie, uh, Cynthia Nixon did on on Broadway, but then um, in the movie, it was oh. Nicole Kidman and Aaron Eckhart, and right. then the child, and then Nicole and I kind of formed this weird relationship because right. we both need each other to. To heal, and that was really interesting for two things because of my car accident, but then also less than a year later, I lost two uh, really good buddies. One guy I would have considered one of my closest friends. Less than a year after my car accident, two of these guys fucking died in car accidents less than five weeks from each other. And I, and that whole year combined, like I turned 21 February 2008, seven of my best friends from Florida flew up. By that July, two of those seven were, were dead. And so I think that was, uh, between my car crash and then like losing two buddies and giving eulogies when I'm like fucking 21. And especially with a friend group, like me and all my buddies that were so close. That was, uh, yeah. I certainly felt like I had went through a lot of stuff at a young age that people my age just really hadn't, hadn't went through. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, obviously people, Plenty of people went through worse stuff, but uh, it was that was that was a unique, you know, situation for sure. Yeah, you you were forced to grow up pretty fast. Well, just grieve. I mean, if you've like <coughs> grieved, you know, and I never went to therapy for it. Looking back on it, I probably probably should have because I think I was just kind of like really angry and stuff. But um, no, but you know, like rabbit hole or something like that. I basically take a child away from this mother, these parents, and in real life, I had witnessed, you know, my buddy's parents, like, losing a child, and so it was, you know, there's not a word in any language for a parent who loses a child. Mm. You know, we have, like, a widow, and we have an orphan, we have all of these things, but there's not a word for, for when a parent loses their child, because it's just not the way it's supposed to happen, but obviously it does all the time. But I know you're a word guy. Yeah, no, like that's the history fascinating. Stuff, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, it's just unthinkable. You can't even... Have you been in a, have you been in a car accident before? I'm I not, guess in New York. Nothing in... that crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've, the, the, the craziest one was we were... It was. It's always like, you know, kids driving high schools, that kind of thing. Oh, for sure. A couple yeah. of accidents like that. Um, but knock on wood... Nothing too crazy. Yeah, the, the the craziest one I was in, the same thing happened. We we were we were all just laughing and, and music was going and this guy was just making a U-turn on a, a double yellow line and suddenly 
the fucking car from the other side just smashed into the other on the other backseat door. And I remember my buddy, who was this little Asian guy, <laughs> just like flew <laughs> through the air and landed on me. And then we just kind of slid off to the side. But um, that was slow motion. But um, yeah, that was crazy. Nothing as insane as that, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, but people have, that have been in major car accidents, uh, the thing that always sticks with you is the sound. Oh. Like, the sound of metal. Like, oh. that speed, like, crunching, like... And even for the, and for the longest time, I could... Skidding. I could not handle, like, sitting in a passenger seat. Or, like, I needed to be as uh. in control of every situation as, as, as I... Could be mostly like driving and stuff, but I'm sure it kind of manifested in in other ways as well. But if if I'd be sitting passenger seat, my buddy was driving, you know, you're fucking still 20, 21, and whatever, and the car went off the side of the road a little bit, or if I felt like a little gravel or something, Ooh, I would yeah. have like a fucking panic, fucking attack. anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh shit. I look at specifically the fucking car wreck in, in Whiplash, okay, where you have this this fucking kid who has so much determination is just like fuck you i'm i'm going to prove everyone wrong here yeah gets hit by a fucking nuts <laughs> hit by a truck yeah bleeding oh yeah you know and wa- runs walks away and yeah. runs to yeah. fucking well, never never let your under- fucking cat never out of let your under- my fucking drums never out. let your understudy go on <laughs> exactly you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah i don't care if it's if it's a, your time to shine pal uh, so what i got a couple of Broken bones and no, I mean that, but that that movie tiptoes on the edge of it's almost like a fever dream, but it's still, you know, I mean, Damien based it off of his like own experience and stuff. Drumming, yeah, he was a drummer, I guess, in a very highly competitive kind of high school uh, jazz conservatory program, and um, I just had a teacher who he's never Fantastic. named, which I fucking yeah. love and and really re- respect about that. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's based on. By the way, if you ever see Damien again, yeah. So he was on set while we were shooting the offer. Yeah, yeah. And he, I didn't. Know, I introduced you. I to didn't him. know it was him. I know. I know. <laughs> Everyone's wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah. And first yeah. of all, yeah. He, the name of the thing he had like an alias for what he was shooting. They were shooting uh, in Babylon. It was or Babylon, but what was the name of it? It was like popcorn chicken or some shit. It was something. I was like, what popcorn chicken? So I just was like, oh, popcorn chicken. And here we yeah, are. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're working yeah. at the Godfather. Yeah, we're right, working yeah. at the opera. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you're like, yeah. you introduced me to, hey, here's my friend Damien. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, he's a guy that's visiting Miles on set. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. hey, how you doing? You have a good time. That, <laughs> that movie. That movie is. I mean, I know they they showed some stuff at CinemaCon. The movie is supposed to be brilliant, which I'm sure will be. I, that's, did, that's his like opus man i auditioned for it oh okay. did you so I kind for of, damien i i sent him a tape okay. uh, for one of the care for i'm sure he saw it yeah. i know that um i know that his people really liked it a lot and were just trying to find a, a part for me or something in it but it, it didn't work out obviously well they went with brad pitt again yeah fucking brad God, he's always yeah. getting my shit can he even sing <laughs> is it a musical i mean jesus <laughs> So, um, okay, so if you ever see him again, just tell him I didn't know who the fuck he was. Sure. <laughs> like, don't tell him that. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you, you just, you tell me what you want to tell him I, next time I see him. You know, I'll tell him. Yeah. Hey, sorry about that. Dan didn't know who the fuck you were, so. <laughs> you know, don't say that. You know. I didn't recognize him. But whatever. It just, I think it's probably better that I was aloof. He'll, he'll, maybe he'll remember that. There, there was some interesting, um, 
I guess I don't want to give too much away. I mean, I know nothing about the movie, but I but there were some really interesting like costumes. Ex- <laughs> costumes. There we go. There were some very interesting um, costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people wearing those costumes. Okay. Speaking of, that's true. Speaking of costumes. Okay. So this is why your ability to play these characters very believably believably who get their asses beat and then it's just like fuck that <laughs> get up and show up right mm-hmm. i think that's that's a big reason why you got al ruddy because that's what happens to him throughout the whole series I he know. just gets his ass handed to him and he's like fuck this we're gonna make this that's movie. what i was telling like matthew um i was like it's so nice once we got into the later episodes where we could kind of have a bit of a cordial conversation where the other person really respects the other one and you can share ideas and thoughts and stuff. Those scenes were really nice because for the first time in the episodes, he just kept telling me to fuck off at the end of every scene. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, you're so, you're so good in that, man. You are so, you are so good. And knowing you, and it's funny because when we're on set, you know, it's always one of those, not always one of those things, but I feel like you get to really, know the person and then you interact with their character and stuff but I feel like you it wasn't even maybe until I really watched it but I was just like you're, you're doing so much stuff there that I know it's not Dan and that's just pure you know kind of Coppola coming through or at least, at least your interpretation of, of Coppola and I just thought it was really a really beautiful performance have you feel that way and have you been able to get some kind of perspective <laughs> on it now that people have seen it and yeah I mean I can't wait to get to those last episodes where people see us you know, like you're saying, really enjoying ourselves. Yeah. And because that I'm getting lovely feedback. Good. And uh, and about you, about everybody. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's... I told you Puzo's... Uh, I say that message she, she sent me. It was like Puzo's granddaughter. Oh, yeah. Sent me on Twitter or something. That's really nice. Yeah. What did she say? She said that Mario would be proud, right? Yeah. She just said, you know, really love the show and, you know, you know, Grant, I would be proud. And then I sent that message to you, and then you told me to ask her what she thought about you. <laughs> <laughs> How am I doing? <laughs> I just, uh, don't feel flattering, Mouse. But I um, asked her what she thinks about my performance. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love those. Like, I've gotten a couple nice calls from people who were the actual, you know, involved with the actual people. Oh, wow. Godfather and I mean it's 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 nice man and and you have too I mean people fucking I think I can't wait for people to see the whole series toward the people end. are pissed that they have to wait. wait yeah yeah which is great yeah I can't believe you haven't seen all the episodes yet I've seen are you watching them as they come out no dude I haven't you're just wow no I fucking I haven't I haven't seen them honestly I feel like Someone was supposed to send me a link a while back. And you never got a link? Would you have watched it? I don't think I ever got the link. If I did have the link, I, you know, I don't, man, I don't know. It's a really, at the premiere, that was, that was super tough. Usually it's like I'll watch something. I mean, I don't really have much experience in limited series, but usually with a film, it's like I will, um, Maybe the director will bring me in. I'll see some stuff, you know, in the editing room and, and this and that uh, to kind of trade some ideas. But for the most part, I, I watch it the first time with Kelly, my wife, my agent, and my, my publicist usually sit and watch it. And I really don't have a sense of it. But that's really just to kind of get a primer 
for for the premiere. So then when I sit and watch it at the premiere, I'm able, I know what you it like, is. Yeah, you can enjoy it. Yeah. You know, because after the, the offer premiere, man, I really had to like, that was just, I, I'd never seen something for the, and I did such little ADRs, like for the first time really seeing everything. And now go mingle. And right. I was like, I was so in my fucking Well, what were people saying about, to you? What? At the premiere, what were they saying? Saying I was ugly. What? Worthless. Stop it. No, I think you're reinventing. No, you are, man. This is people. I mean, if you see the chatter, people are seeing you in a in a different way. And I feel like the chatter is a is just a, a slippery like, s- slope, you know. And sure, yeah. If you listen to it, if you really, I mean, it you know, it depends on how you want to yeah. ingest it. But um, there's something to be said about the chatter because the fucking reviews were off i mean there were some people who were just pissed about it and they just you know but the people have spoken right i mean it's crazy you got what is it like 40 on rotten tomatoes and uh, 90 93 percent on right you know people's choice i know that's come on i think they're the people watching i think a lot of that uh you know because i try not to i try and People, I feel like the like clients are like, like, how do you have the audacity? <laughs> how do you have the audacity that's, to do a Godfather? I know. That's what it was, really so much of it just seemed like. Um, how dare you? You know, the, the the fact that, yeah, the IP that we were working off of was the Godfather really Sacred seemed to uh, piss people off. And I get it <laughs> that it's, but for me, it's like you're basically having to say that Al Ruddy is 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 lying he's a liar these memories of his are bullshit and obviously everyone's going to be the hero of their own story and i'm sure there's some things that maybe went a little differently but also you're putting it into kind of a through line okay this is the lead of our show and he's the guy that's kind of the connective tissue to all of these different um you know players in our story but i just find that when people are saying such shit it's like al al was the sole producer of the fucking Godfather. You know what I mean? And so to discredit, I think the way that people went about it uh, just seems, but honestly, that's a job I would never fucking want. And I've thought about this a lot. Being a critic, criticizing, oh. criticizing people's fucking work. Now, ever, and also in something like the arts, where ever, it's, it's not, we're not working with stats. You can't tell me, if you, somebody has a bad basketball game, you can look at the stats. Yeah, yeah. Now there's intangibles. You can there's things that don't show up in the stat line, like they always say. But I just couldn't think of a job I would want less than just being a fucking critic. <laughs> I'm all about championing stuff. Like I love that. Yeah. But just to, especially just a grumpy shit, critic, dude. just like gossip and stuff like that drives me fucking wild. I have no, I have no tolerance for it. I think I just. Uh, Disgusting. Did you like wearing the uh, the costumes? Did you like that period, the seventies period? I know you did not. <laughs> I had some interesting outfits. Mostly corduroy. Yeah, mostly. A lot corduroy. of earth tones. Yeah, yeah. But also, I get it because I remember the first. Well, I don't know because everybody was just wearing such flashy. Like Juno's like a borderline. It's like right. She like that She's character. Like on her. Yeah, that yeah. character you could put in fucking Vogue every fucking day right, on right. set. Yeah. And Juno's got such great style herself. Um, you know, it's the seventies. You got Evans. Everybody's like all flashy, and then there's there's Coppola. He's, <laughs> you know, the sky is falling, and um, 
And there was a sale on corduroy. Yeah, there was <laughs> you a know? sale on corduroy. Yeah. That orange Oscars <laughs> outfit is is just will go down in the history books. Is, uh, what sorry. what a, what in that wardrobe or what props wise or because I know Matthew's talked about the, the glasses he was able to get from Juno that Bob wore and he could see the teeth marks and that gave him a, oh, a yeah, bit of a yeah. thing. What what was there anything in your wardrobe or in your props department that you felt like? Yeah, those glasses. Um, the tinted glasses. Once those went on, that was really the the, the main thing there. But but those out the book. I feel like the well, yeah. I mean, that book was the the prompt book. That was very special. But as far as costume pieces, like like the corduroy was like I love those outfits because I felt like I looked like him. You know, it's like I really I felt like I was in his body and those costumes well, helped me what's move the like thing it. then the memories change over time or whatever because when we were on set I rarely <laughs> recall you being like oh yeah like this, no, I was sweating my balls on it's corduroys <laughs> fucking awesome I like yeah. how it looked yeah yeah, yeah. You know? just didn't like the uh, but I didn't like the the temperature <laughs> control yeah. Uh, yeah and I'm sure sound yeah you love know. the yeah love the like thighs it. but no I mean I got to wear some fucking cool stuff yeah and, uh I really, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, you know, in life. Like, I'm always wearing, like, stupid, fucking, just comfort. I don't ever yeah. dress from the outside in, and maybe I'm getting older, so maybe I, I should, but it's just never anything. I don't spend money on clothes. I could really care too, you know, I could care less about, like, what what I look like to other people in, that, in my personal life. And also, our job is great because... We people dress us for work. Yeah. I show up to work every day like in sweatpants, Uggs, yeah, a fucking shirt, and you know whatever, a hoodie or something. Yeah, those outfits. I mean, I, I liked. I think I liked seventy five percent of them. Some of them, some of them were not. But that other twenty five percent, I fucking hated. Well, those a couple of those first episodes, like when we went to Vegas, they put me in this very. Yeah, quote unquote Vegas. Yeah. Well, uh, Where was it Burbank? Yeah. <laughs> By the pool at the Hilton. But uh, the uh, yeah, that shirt was very was very tight, and my and my boobies were on display. <laughs> yeah, you can see a lot, a lot of those shirts are really tight, and you can see my the outline of me boobies. <laughs> <laughs> outline of me boobies. Yeah. You touching me boobies? You touching? You know, okay, so. Yeah. On set, we had a, a couple of bits. And I feel like, you know what I feel like that came come from is like the British thing was because we were, we had like a British invasion, you know, we we had Dexter and, and we had all, all these Brits doing different accents. Yeah. And so you had Matthew and you had Juno and yeah. you had Bird and, you know, doing, right. and then when we were, we would do our British accents. And I think I, yeah. it was kind of fun to like get under their skin or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just thought, I mean, I, I felt like you and I just had such a, a fun kind of, you know, relation and I, and, and it just, it just grew over, over time, but I, um, I don't know. I just, I just, I really enjoyed it. And that's, that's, I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of just felt like theater school or, or something like that. You know, I, I just would always, I always try and keep it light and, yeah. you know, really enjoy the time in between. Cause I think, I've had I've heard actors say, you know, the best part about this business is when they yell cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's the time. I know a lot of actors that really it's fucking torturous 
the performance aspect of in between action and cut. But they enjoy the hang on, you know, and all this other stuff. But Every it's like chance. the actual, the the pressure, right? The fucking the performance of it all. Um, hmm. But also with film, I think it was like Jack Nicholson. They asked him, they're like, "So would you ever do theater?" He's like, "No, I like having to be good for you know a minute at a time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and it's it is. I love what he says, Nicholson. He says, "Do um, it in Jack's voice." He said, do whatever the hell you want to do. Because they could just yell, cut, fix it in the editing room. That's basically his thing. It's like, That's so good, it's yeah. like oh, always follow your instincts. Wow. Right? Wow, yeah. Because what are they going to do? Right. Yell, cut? Right. No, I mean, there are, but also, but also... And, that, and that's interesting. That's, that's very true. I've definitely done, done that. You know, and certainly once you've done something, fucking do something different. That's already in the can. You're not going to erase what you just did. But also I've worked some, there's been a few times, not much, but I feel like my interpretation, because we didn't have a lot of rehearsal beforehand and I felt like, okay, now we're fucking up and rolling. And I feel like my performance, my interpretation of this character is very far off from what the director fucking envisioned. And I do feel like there's always this part of me that does, you want to make the director happy because you're not moving on until they're fucking satisfied. Right. And, but then also if you get into this business of just trying to fucking please, please them, then you're fucked. Cause you watch a performance and you're like, that's not like, that's, that's not, not mine, but it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when you know, you're like doing something because you're trusting, you're going with your instincts and all this stuff. And the other person, you can tell the director just does not fucking like it. Yeah. You know, I, that's to me, that's an uncomfortable to, space to be. It hasn't happened often, but it, it is this marriage of like, and always do what's on the page, at least out of respect for everybody. Yeah, yeah. On. Always do that. And then, yeah, you know, do, You're doing for yourself. Yeah. But Jack is so. He's my favorite. We were talking about, I'd watched each, uh, which is Beast Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, um, <laughs> were you going into Jack's voice there for a second? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Always. Hard <laughs> trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's he's fucking such a great actor because every line is so musical. Mm. Like every word is just he he's defining every word through his performance of that word. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just so fucking musical with his performances. I'm like, he throws so much into a line. It's really into incredible. a look. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. Yeah, is he your favorite? He's my favorite. Paul Newman. I was gonna fucking say favorite. Paul Newman because of the cool hand Luke thing. Yeah. Yeah, you get your ass beat and you uh, don't yeah. stop. You just keep on fucking. I mean, that yeah. you can. You're you're carving a whole fucking. I mean, just play Paul Newman characters the rest of your life. Man. Uh, that would, but also, I've nobody will ever look as good in a suit as Paul Newman. It's like a little loose, and he's just so fucking cool. And I um yeah he once I really started watching his his stuff. Um, you're getting good chatter, man. I think people are noticing that about you because people think about Where are you. Going you. With chatter, just just chat rooms. <laughs> yeah, the word on the street. Age, sex, location. <laughs> yeah, just the uh, weird. Hyphen parentheses, hyphen parentheses, hyphen hyphen at sign. You make a fucking rose. Oh, you know the regular places. You know, I was like 10, twelve going to chat rooms. Like social media. I don't go to like, chat rooms. 
Fuck chat rooms. Yeah. Because then you'll see something that's just like Dude, they, stabs you in your heart. Well, I guess that's the Reddit now. Like back in, no, but I'm saying when I was like 10, right? Mm. I was going on the internet, parents were around, and I would go in chat rooms and I would pretend to be a, Whoa. you know, like a, a whatever. A, <laughs> <laughs> a soldier a weaver. Castle, no, a soldier we- Any other single soldier weaving <laughs> protectors of. Can I defend any men here? <laughs> any men need protecting? Oh, Miles, tell it to me. Um, okay, so HUD, have you seen HUD? Oh, HUD, HUD's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking the hustler, fucking color money. Yeah, just get their asses beat and they keep on coming back for more. You know, that's that's those, those are like my favorite characters. Those are my favorite. Yeah, those are my those are my Rocky favorite characters. Uh, yeah, for sure. I just I just I just I just love them just like that. <clears throat> Deck is stacked, you know. The chips are, you know, up yeah. against you. Like that, I just you some stuff. And also, I just and also just in in life, too, man. I, I just have a lot of empathy for for people that because I think it's annoying when people say shit like, "Oh, just fucking everyone's got the same opportunity and this." And it's like, no, no, they fucking don't. There's certain parameters where if you're born into them, your chances of ever getting out of that are fucking almost slim to none. And I just, I really. I just have a lot of empathy for for people that are, you know, have been dealt a bad hand. Certain people just get dealt a fucking bad hand, man. Um, I just I never, not not to say like, there's not things you can't control like a work ethic and this and that, whatever. But certain certain parameters, you're just you're kind of you got you got fucking dope, and it just sucks because you only get one life and you have no control over what you're born into, right? And I don't know. I think I just think if people in general just had maybe a little more like empathy for people that they don't really know, then I, I think that would be probably a little better. Yeah. Compassion. 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 <laughs> Touching me, boys. Um, okay, so I, when I met your parents at the premiere, that was very lovely. They're very nice. And um, I was saying you, know, you raised a good kid, whatever. But your dad's your dad's eyes lit up when I said he's a good quarterback. And he, oh, geez, he knew. He, I don't know if he knew what I meant. Or, oh, for sure, my yeah. But what yeah, I yeah. what I meant was like, you know that you're number one on the list. This guy is going to get you to the fucking championships. Thanks, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, or at least get you to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> he's gonna keep, he's gonna take a he's gonna take. A licking and keep on ticking. He'll, he'll, well, he's never letting the back of quarterback play, I'll tell you. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that, but that is so, I do feel like I learned play at a, a young age, too, man, just being on sets. So much of the tone and the experience you have is dictated by the ego of number one in the fucking call sheet, the mood of number one in the call sheet, and the director. You know what I mean? And I just, it's, there's been some situations, actually, pretty rarely, I don't know. I've, I've been pretty fortunate. To pretty much work with really nice people, but um, no, but it takes a. It took me a couple of years, I think, to own like that leadership, that responsibility, and what it and what it means, and and to like want to carry that that fucking torch, man. I think that's um, that's important, but also still, it's like we're all part of this company, right? Like we're all like the word ensemble to me means everything. I've never wanted to be the person that's like I'm doing. I'm here for my shit, my shit only, because you know actors like this. Maybe we've worked with them where it's just like. They want you to do well, but not that well. And I've had actors purposefully fuck up, fuck you up, yeah. fuck up my coverage. Yeah. 
which to me is just like, wow, you're wasting what the energy. Fuck? Like you obviously didn't come from like the theater or anything. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Because the movie doesn't work unless everybody's good. That's something I realized. I used to think, oh, if I'm good, I'm the lead of a movie. This movie's going to be great. No. Everybody needs to be fucking... It's so hard to make a great movie. And that's with really... Because I work, we both worked on things. You got great people. Everybody's busting their ass. It just doesn't work. You know? And that's not the failure of one. That's like... It's just fucking tough. Yeah. Michael Caine says that in his in his book. You ever read his book? No. I think I feel I feel like everyone should read that book. Yeah, but, I know. Um, he um, do it in Michael Caine. I do a very bad Michael Caine, okay. but he says uh, he says something like um, like someone came up to him and was like, "Man, that fucking uh, that character actor." He's like number one on the list, and he's like, "Man, that character actor just stole that scene from you." And he's like, "Good, maybe someone else watched the movie then." You know, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but but that perspective of. It's like, but yeah, you want you want your your fucking supporting cast to kick But also, ass. they need to recoin that phrase. Like, I don't you, you, like stealing a stealing a scene to me. Sometimes can mean like this person's overdoing it because they're trying to right. see. You know, they're trying to get unwanted or unnecessary attention on their performance. When it's like we all play our part in certain scenes, other people are meant to win or whatever it is. But sometimes I just think the phrase like. Oh, they stole that scene, or, or when have you ever referred to like stealing in a good way? Eating the scenery. He, st- he stole that little kid's <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> um, what's your favorite? I have a favorite scene um, in the show of ours. Can I talk? Can I talk about it? <laughs> you, yeah, maybe I'll go for it. Um, thanks, man. Uh, so, okay, so. There's a line in that first monologue that I give that I'm talking, I'm pitching mm-hmm. to you guys in the first episode, and I and I say, um, they, this is a story about people who come together and they form their own family out of loyalty, and then they create their own justice out of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that you know we're we're creating our own little musketeers trying to get this done, this Motley crew, with uh, you and me and Puzo and, and Juno, Juno and yeah. and, uh, and Bob when he's has his senses. Right. And we're all coming together. I feel like the scene that epitomizes that and weaves like the emotional uh, drama of the movie together with our the emotional drama of, of what we're going through making the movie is the scene where uh, Sonny beats up Carlo. Yeah, that was cool. I love that bit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get to see us enjoy it, and it and it literally is justice. Justice. Yeah. Little yeah. street justice. Yeah. Well, you yeah. got you got Sonny getting justice for his sister, okay, for Connie, and he's getting justice for me, for my sister. Right, right. Because you had him say, "Go a little hard on Car- Carlo." Yeah. And um, James Kahn notoriously didn't like that Carlo anyway, and he did go hard on him. So I, I love how it all kind of, you know, it all kind of ties together like that where, and we get to enjoy it, you know? He, well, that, that old thick thing of, you know, use it. I think those moments when the performance really is injected by 
fucking shit you're feeling in that exact moment oftentimes is like such a wonderful yeah experience. You but you haven't even seen that moment well i feel i made i mean i was there man yeah but it, it the way they cut it together is great i haven't i haven't seen it in the you know in the cut yeah <laughs> um, i think you're gonna love it yeah i yeah i loved i think a lot of the time too man it's i don't know i have all these memories and experiences from from making something and then you see I mean, we filmed that show for, you know, it was well over a hundred fucking days. It was probably seven and a half months. We were spending so much time and there's so much time into this thing. And then they, you know, put, put the music to it and cut it, you know, do all this shit. And then it, you know, and then it's just a, you know, an hour long episode or whatever, 10 hour long show. And, um, I don't know. I need, I do need to get better about being able to watch this stuff. Uh, but even even like Whiplash, man, first time I saw that, I literally had, I had no idea. Really? And I, re and I always think I'm horrible. And I always feel like I'm not in the movie. Everybody else is playing their part, but I feel like I'm, I'm not. Um, but that's just, hmm. but that's just, you know, whatever. I just need to get calloused with it all because I do think that, uh, that's why we need directors, right? Because you need somebody to be able to watch your performance. Because a lot of time what you're feeling isn't playing. And a lot of time when you think you're just bullshitting it, it's the fucking best one. Right. You know? And I I, uh, I have a hard time. I don't know about you, but like if I don't really believe everything that I'm fucking saying. And Johnny Depp has a quote on this. He's like, a lot of the time you're feeling it and that's great. And then there's a lot of the time you're not. And that's called acting. And I just think that's so... That's so true. Sometimes you get this divine intervention that's fucking spontaneous and so truthful, and that's awesome. And a lot of time, you just, it's tough. It's a repetitive. He's another one that doesn't watch. He doesn't watch his movies. He doesn't watch his... No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap it up in a second. I would be remiss if I didn't say hello from Josh Ward from Footloose. He's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I know him for fucking ever. I've been watching her on, uh, I think we're, he's got like his gardening going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh is funny, man. Yeah, he said you guys had fun on that set. Um, okay, so last last five minutes, talk about Top Gun a little bit. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's coming out soon, right? Oh, when's, yeah. When does that come out? Uh, it comes out May 27th. Holy shit. Okay, so you've been on this you just been talking nonstop. We just we just had the premiere in San Diego, which was awesome. Uh, there's so much history there. But the first film that it's one of those movies where like the city is a character in in itself. And then um, and yeah, now I'm in London and you're fucking neck of the woods and um, yeah, getting ready to do. They're doing the royal screening of it, so like the royal family will be there, members what? of them. And I guess they've had 74 of these in the last hundred years, but they, they what? take over the one square here. Um, Leicester Square. Yeah, yeah, they took over that square and it's like a Lester, big- Leicester, I said, said that wrong. Leicester? Yeah. Leicester. 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 <laughs> uh, s s square, and, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's why I'm here for that. And then we're also doing Can, which will be oh, yeah. awesome, because they're doing a huge Tom Cruise tribute, which he is more than deserving of. That guy's fucking filmography is insane. If I can set up, have you watched it? Have you what? watched the Top Gun? Have you seen it? Oh yeah, you've seen it a couple times. I've seen it. You proud of it? Yeah, yeah. I, I've never, I've never been a part of like a big movie like that, really. Huh. And it's just, I, I, I say, when you have Jerry Bruckheimer and you have Tom Cruise, and you also throw in like Chris McQuarrie and Joe Kaczynski 
and so many different people on that. Like the quality control is is there. And Tom is he's spending so much time. He spends so much time before you ever show up. I mean, years and years, fucking carving this thing, and then reshooting stuff if it's not, you know, great. And uh, it's just wonderful to be a part of something like that because he's doing all, he's doing so much heavy lifting and he literally is just, he's, he's nonstop and he's, in, he's, his attention to detail is ridiculous. I don't, it'll never be matched because I don't know if anybody really like will ever love making movies as much as Tom fucking Cruise. <laughs> and as audiences, we reap the benefits because he, you know, he delivers. Can you talk about... No, but what are you, you're going to say something if you could... Oh, yeah. If you yeah. could see um, the movie in 40X, if I can set that up, would you want to watch it in 40X? Where? At some 40X theater here in London? Well, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be... I don't think I can here. Cause I, it's not going to be out here. And yeah, I'm, but no, it would be special. Gone. It would be a special. A special thing. I mean, if it if it If it works, works out... out uh, but I tell you, it is a son of a... I am so fucking jet-lagged. Even right yeah, now, yeah, I got yeah, in yesterday, yeah. went to bed, got in at, like, whatever. It's like a ten-and-a-half-hour flight, I think. If you have any desire to... Wherever you are in the world, uh, you know, if you have a desire to see it like that, I heard it's probably one of the best 40X movies oh, cool. of all time now. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's a fairly new experience, right, 40X? 40X has been around for maybe 10 years. Did you and ever this- go to the Six Flags in New Jersey? Do you remember that ride, the right stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like, you've got the right stuff. Yeah. And the seat would shake and all that <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking loved it. I imagine that. I, that's the only it's, reference I... Because you did it. We were talking about this on set. You had just done it. You saw a movie in 40 years. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we, I'd go to them all the time. I would take people... Because we were in, when we were in L.A., they have the labs there. Uh-huh. So we'd go to the actual place where they, they, you know, I guess design all the... Oh, wow. The whole thing. What did you see there? What was, what was the last Spider-Man or... Spider-Man No Way Home. That was amazing. Nice. Yeah. I saw, uh, oh, I saw Fantastic Beasts like that, which was cool. But I heard, because I know, because I talked to the guys who make it. Yeah. They're like, fucking Top Gun is going to be out sick. of this world. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, because I was talking to Joe Kaczynski about it. And he, I don't know if this, I imagine it's true for all these directors, but like, they are, they are figuring out that experience. I imagine with the guy, right? You have idea and this and that. And then the guys who are, doing the thing that you're talking about that it really oh, got yeah they work with them yeah, yeah, yeah to make it feel right the yeah. g-forces they they did a thing where the gosling one where ryan gosling went to it was nasa oh, first man yeah damien chazelle yeah you go they did that the seat was like shit this, yeah no no i mean you feel like you're flying into space with them yeah yeah that would be uh yeah i i hope if anybody could actually experience what because when you are going when you're experiencing seven and a half G's, it's like yeah. 1,500 pounds of pressure. And to be able to move your head literally from like 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock takes so much fucking effort. Jesus. It's insane. Okay, so can you tell that? Yeah, there was certainly, there was. You, were, you guys were doing things that were oh, complex, dude. fucking intense. Dude, and you're aerial. In, I mean, we would sit in a briefing. Imagine like how uncomfortable this is. You sit in a fucking briefing. And all the Top Gun pilots are there, and Tom is there, and all the filmmakers are there. So you have your film people, and then you also have the Navy at fucking Top Gun. Jesus. All the brass, all the pilots, everything. And you have to say, okay, now I'm um, I'm at you know uh, 1,500 feet altitude, and I'm traveling 480 knots. 
north um, north along this line, the sun is going to be at my, oh my high five o'clock, and then you, um, and then and then you would have to say the line. You'd have to say the line like you're in the fucking fighter jet, and if it wasn't intense enough, somebody would tell you to do it again. And then you have to say, okay, now my wingman is at my three o'clock, and I I, I I thrust forward, and I go I go up on the stick in the left. Now my wingman moves from my low four o'clock to my you know, high eight o'clock, and it just was so technical. And also, once we got in the jet, we couldn't talk to anybody at Village or nothing like that. You're you're talking to your pilot, and you have to start the camera, stop the camera. The worst thing ever would be when you would you finish a take, and then you have a little mirror or something. You look down, and you're like, oh my god, my fucking mask is foggy, or my strap fell down, or anything that we uh. know now is not going to match. Or you get back and you watch the footage in front of all the pilots and Tom and everybody. And you watch the footage and it's like, oh man, the fucking light's off. Like literally the sun, it's not going to match what they shot six hours ago and we're supposed to be in the same fucking scene. And then you have to do it again. And it was just the worst feeling because it was so... It's a lot of G's, man. Dude, some of the actors were puking, you know, like literally every time they went up. It It was never something that they felt like they got a good handle on. I mean, you're you're always kind of thrown into the fucking into the washing machine with that one. So are people <laughs> literally? So are people throwing up and it's like all over the windshield? Len told the story. Yeah, he was like, he was trying to tell his pilot like, hey, he needed a minute, and as he's he's like puking, and uh, oh. and then the pilot's like, all right, let me know. Are, you know, are you ready to rock and roll? Glenn was like, yeah, man, you know, just give me a second, we'll rock and roll. And the guy's like, let's rock and roll! And fucking inverts the jet as Glenn is, like, puking into his bag. And he's like, now everything I just puked is, like, falling into my oh, fucking no, face. No, no, um, oh, no. Oh, dude, you would have to... I, don't, I can't... I think one of the dudes I took a shit. Or no, he shit his pants. He shit yeah. his pants? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you gotta, I mean, Tom and I, I mean, yeah, you're in that jet, you gotta do whatever... Yeah, do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's like the right stuff. Yeah. Where Ed Harris pays himself in his in his astronaut suit. Holy fuck, man. Okay. I'm I'm going to um I'm gonna let you have your life back today. This was delightful and wonderful and and I think insightful and inspiring. Yeah, that's what I would have said. If I may. Yeah, and I think that um I think, you know, I'd love to work with you again in the future. Anytime you want to be quarterback for uh, our team, that would be amazing. No, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll be the coach. Oh shit! You feel like you're gonna go into directing? Oh, wrong analogy. That was kind of- no, no, I, no, no. I was, I was. I mean, I think I don't know. It's kind of. I think it's something I'm, I'm definitely. Uh, I mean, I think the more you kind of hang around and do it, you just want to be like a. You just want to be an advocate, man. You want to be able to. I think that's the ultimate in, in this business. I mean, it's a director's fucking medium. I think if you get the story and you feel like you really got it, you, your pulse on it, the movie sucks. It's, on, you know, it's more on your shoulders. I, I just feel like a lot of the time it is frustrating how many people fuck with the finish. By the time the finished product rolls around, yeah. you're just like... Especially with... I mean, Sometimes it's just like... Because it's, it's all taste. That's really... What's this person's sense of humor? What do they think makes them set? What do they like? That's all your, that's all, all we all are is our fucking taste, our artistic integrity is our fucking taste and shit. So yeah, I don't know, but I'd, I'd work with you again in a heartbeat, man. I had so much fun. I think you're so talented. I want to do a musical with you. 
For real? I mean, maybe. Yeah. I could be brown. I could be blue. I could be violet sky. I could be purple. I could be hurtful. I could be anything you like. That was perfect.